I had to learn to navigate, like, who are the people that I want to be around and spend my time with? Like, clearly, I need someone who, you know, would support me. And, you know, this is a part of me, this isn't me, this is not all of me, but this is a big part of my life that, you know, you can't be with someone who isn't going to support you 100% and take it on basically as their own, right? You're listening to Now What, a podcast where we celebrate the human spirit by sharing stories of strength and resilience. For those going through hard times or looking to get inspired to change their own life, we're your hosts, Jen and Tisha. Welcome back to Now What. I'm Tisha. And I'm Jen. And we are here with a very good friend of mine, Gina. And we met... um, Wow, I think it was like six years ago when our kids were in daycare together. And funny story, they used to kiss each other at pickup. Um, it's kind of weird. <laughs> I think all fun. day. Maybe <laughs> all day. I only experienced it at pickup uh, <laughs> when her very traditional Greek mother would be picking up. And I had my <laughs> little boy accosting her daughter. It was interesting. Uh, <laughs> so cute. Um, but we thankfully grew into a good friendship. Um, <laughs> Eugenia is a mom of three. She's a wife, a daughter, and a really kick-ass friend, in my honest opinion. Um, and we work together with as beauty counter consultants. And I don't know if she's going to agree with this, but I like to think of her as a diabetes warrior. If you follow her on social, you'll see that she shares and advocates for type 1 diabetes awareness and equality. She was diagnosed with diabetes at eight years old, and it took her a long time to make peace with her diagnosis and to get where she is now, sharing confidently and publicly about her experience. So welcome, Eugenia. Yeah, thank you, ladies. I'm super excited to be here. Thank you so much. So I guess, why don't you, you can start kind of wherever you want, but, you know, I I mentioned a little bit in, in the intro that it took you a while to kind of get where you are, you know, sharing publicly. So what was it like as a kid, you know, eight years old being diagnosed with diabetes? Did you know it was? So it's funny. Um, So yeah, I was diagnosed, I guess a month before I turned nine and uh, my parents had planned this trip for just them. You know, my aunt came in from out of town to watch us, me and my brother. So, you know, a lot was going on. And I wasn't well, I was sick. So my mom, you know, she took me to our family doctor who just said, oh, she has a cold, you know, take some antibiotics. And that didn't sit well with my mom. Um, And I feel like back then people didn't really know the signs. I mean, a doctor should have known, but um, so she took me to my actual pediatrician. And once my pediatrician saw me, sent me for a urine sample and called us the next day and said, take your daughter to sick kids. She has diabetes. So um, that's where I stayed for two weeks. And that's where we learned everything. My parents had no clue. I didn't know, like my life as I knew it had now changed. So we spent, yeah, two weeks in the hospital, just learning how to manage um, essentially, my mother became my doctor, my dietitian, my nurse, everything. Um, and then, you know, when I left, so when I was in the hospital, it was fun, right? I had all this attention. I had all these, you know, snacks, diabetic snacks for me in a fridge, and I could eat as much as I wanted and all this diet pop that I was never allowed to have as a child. <laughs> so it was fun. 
But then, you know, your two weeks was up, your parents knew how to give you your insulin, now go home and do it all on your own, right? So I remember getting ready to go back to school was very, very nerve wracking. Um, I remember going in that first day and every single person that would come up to me, I said, don't worry, you can't catch diabetes, you know, and as an (laughs) eight year old, like, can you imagine just how awful that must have been, right? Yeah, that you like you had to reassure your peers, right? Like, you're afraid they were gonna not socialize. Yeah, don't go near her, you could catch it. You know, that was like my biggest fear. Well, because that's Um, the height of like cooties. You know, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's totally the height of cooties. I feel like that's the age. Yeah. Yeah. So I was lucky enough that um, my teacher at the time had talked to my class. So they were aware and nobody really treated me differently. There was the occasional kind of bugging me kind of thing, but it wasn't bad. I could deal with it. It wasn't awful. Overall, my friends, especially, you know, were still my friends. They were still, you know, there, but I didn't really... I didn't really want to talk about it. I didn't want attention. I remember my mom would, my food was really regimented, right? So my mom had specific things that she would give me at lunch. If I would stay at school, usually I had to go home for lunch. And I remember sitting in the classroom when I was allowed to stay at school and I had to drink, you know, one of the small milk cartons because you had to have milk with your food. I couldn't have juice. I couldn't have pop, you know? And it was those little things that, I hated, right? And all these kids could do have all these fun snacks. And I had to have this stuff that made me different, right? So I just kind of, I don't know, kind of shut down. I didn't talk about it. I didn't share about it. I was embarrassed. You know, nobody, I didn't know anybody who had diabetes. Nobody in my family, you know, social media wasn't a thing back then. Like I couldn't go on Instagram and type in type one diabetic kids and come up with, you know, friends and meet people. I don't know anybody. The only person that I knew that knew anything about diabetes was my doctor who was like a 50 year old man. Right? So it was, it was hard. It was hard mm-hmm. growing up and it sounds like it. And, and as you said, like, the life you'd known up until that point had changed. Yeah, it flipped. Like I, before my diagnosis, I was so active, gymnastics, swimming, dance, karate, like I did everything, skating. And then after that, I quit everything. And my parents didn't force me, you know, looking back now, I wish they had, because I wasn't limited, right? Like, it was just, I was so embarrassed. I felt different. You know, I I hated that, you know, I would be out and it was, you know, noon, you have to eat your lunch, because back then you had to eat at a certain time, you had to have a snack at a certain time. I hated that. I hated eating in public in front of other people. So I just quit everything. You know, all the stuff that I love doing, I just gave up. Yeah. And, you know, like I said before, I didn't know anybody with the same diagnosis as me. And I remember one time we had a guest speaker come into the school and it was a woman who was blind and she had a service animal with her, a dog. And I don't remember why she came. I feel like she came because of the dog to talk about the service animal. 
And one of the kids, I remember we're sitting in the library on the carpet and one of the kids asked, you know, how did you go blind? And she said, oh, because I have diabetes. And the whole group looked at me and I was stunned because I didn't know that could happen. Right. And then, you know, is that what my life is going to be? Like, I'm going to be like this woman, like I'm going to lose my vision as a nine-year-old, like terrifying. Right. So even more so, I didn't want to talk about it. I didn't want anyone to know anything. So yeah, I avoided as much as possible. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You said something about like how your parents didn't force you to do the activities. Yeah. Um, But they must have been really nervous and scared too. For sure. You know, I remember like, it was very hard, especially, I guess, because my dad was more emotional. Um, I would see him cry, you know, he would try to hide it. And I would always see him cry. So you know, why was he crying? Like, what was wrong with me that, you know, my dad was crying. My mom now had, you know, forget they didn't take their vacation that they had planned for so long. Right. (laughs) So, you know, my mom now became a doctor essentially, right. She was constantly checking my blood sugar, giving me insulin, you know, everywhere we went, how are you feeling? Let's stop and check your blood. Like she was constantly on top of me, which, you know, how could she not be right? Like they were mm-hmm. so, you know, terrified. And back then, nobody talked about it. Nobody knew my parents had no clue what diabetes was, right? Nobody we knew had it. So yeah, it was it was it must have been so hard for them too. And you don't have, have the resources of like you, I mean, you didn't, I think the internet might have was probably starting to be around, but it was like, you know, dial up AOL know, like, yeah. that that like, yeah, was it no because I remember maybe. I didn't even we didn't even have a computer in grade two when I was diagnosed there was no computers at school I don't know but yeah because as a parent now if something were to come up and I had a question I would just google it yeah mm-hmm. right I would join like parent support groups I'm thinking from like right. your mother's perspective right but then she wouldn't have had that option so it must have been just yeah just completely alone and it was probably Completely when you alone. chose to quit these things was probably like, well, at least that's some, you know, something I don't have to worry about where like, I'm not with her or something. Right. Right. Yeah. I don't have to worry about her having a low blood sugar. Right. Right. No so better stay home and stay safe kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And it wasn't until I was about 11 years old where my parents were like, okay, now, you know, you need to start kind of taking over, you know, you need a little bit more independence because my mother did everything, all my blood sugar tests, all my insulin shots, my food, everything. I did nothing. So they sent me away to camp, a diabetic camp for two weeks, an overnight camp. And if, if you ever knew my parents, that was huge. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like that was huge. I know so, your mom now. And it's like, if you ever no, proposed that for your kids, she would be. <laughs> no way she'd lose her mind. So yeah, so it's as soon as I got there, do you know how to do your insulin? No, here, come into this room. There's a doctor, you're doing it. Like they didn't do not one for me. They showed me as soon as I got there, that's how you do it. And that's how I learned. And that's how I slowly, you know, after that, when I got home, I slowly started taking on that responsibility. So my mom still did a lot, but I did a lot more than I used to. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah. And then I just, you know, growing up, becoming a teenager now, you know, going out, being out late, dating, all that stuff was so much more 
crazy now because I had, you know, insulin injections when I was out in public, you know, we're going for dinner, you're on a date, sorry, I got to go, you know, take an insulin shot. Like it was, it was not fun. (laughs) It's not good. It was very uncomfortable. And I wasn't now I'm on an insulin pump. And you know, for me, an insulin pump is just perfect for my lifestyle. But um, back then, I was taking multiple injections a day. So, you know, going to the bathroom, because I couldn't do that in a restaurant, right? No way could I ever let anyone see that. You know, so I'm in a bathroom stall, and I'm trying to juggle insulin vials and syringes and blood sugar meters and test strips and all this stuff without touching the toilet, right? Like, disgusting, (laughs) right? (laughs) And then my date will be like, why are you taking five hours in there? Yeah. Right? What so, took you yeah. so long? <laughs> <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. I bet. <laughs> I bet. Yeah. Uh, so just a little bit of fun. So but, well, you no, didn't feel like if you were on a date, like it wasn't something that I guess you wanted to lead with. So... You know what? I feel like everybody knew, but I never talked about it. I never showed it, right? Okay. Unless, you know, it was a serious relationship. But even then, I remember one relationship in particular, and he was super uncomfortable with needles and blood and anything like that. So he knew I was diabetic, but there was no mention of it. And he owned a restaurant at the time. I remember he called me once and said, Oh my God, there's a woman and she's doing her needle at the table. And I was like, okay, I'm diabetic. Like, why are you telling me? Right. So those are also a lot of the things that I had to learn to navigate. Like who are the people that I want to be around and spend my time with? Like, clearly Mm -hmm. I need someone who, you know, would support me. And, you know, this is a part of me. This isn't me. This is not all of me, but this is a big part of my life that, you know, you can't, be with someone who isn't going to support you 100% and take it on basically as their own, right? So because it's not it's not going away. No, it's it's not going away. It's not a flu. It's not a cold. (laughs) You're not sick. This is something you're living with. Right, right. Yeah. And then people making comments like that. I also think like, just thinking my own personality, like I would internalize that. Right. Into like making me feel like there's something wrong yeah or that you had something to be ashamed of and and you you didn't right yeah but those could stayed with you all these years later yeah it's you know the the shame and the embarrassment kind of you know that helped make it much bigger right because Mm -hmm. you don't want to feel like shit (laughs) essentially no in your relationship you don't want to feel and not just, you know, um, a romantic relationship, like with your friends and with every, your people, right? Like you want to be 100% you. And if you can't do that and you're hiding something, like I was hiding, you know, there's something wrong with that. You need to evaluate, like, you know, what are you doing? Who are you spending time with? Because mm-hmm. in the end, that I just hurt myself, right? Because I would go out and I would avoid taking insulin shots. So I would avoid eating because if I eat, I have to take insulin, right? So let's not eat, but let's keep drinking, right? That's 
not safe. <laughs> Sounds like a good time. <laughs> right. So it was, there was a lot of that when I was, you know, early twenties and that's all because I was embarrassed. Right. And I was ashamed to show anything with that group of people that I was with at the time. So it's just, it's just, it's a cycle, right? Like you need the support, you need proper support system so that you can also take care of yourself, right? Because if you're feeling ashamed and you're hiding everything, you're not doing the best care. So, and it's, and you, and you have to like, it's kind of like what Tisha said earlier, you know, you have to think about your health and you have to take care of yourself constantly, right? Like almost with a vigilance. And I know, I know it's easier, easier, whatever that means um, with, with your insulin pump and, and the technology that you have access to now, but it's still a consideration. Yeah. Because you know what, essentially like one unit of a dose of insulin could essentially kill you, right? Like if you're off by just, and one unit is like, I I can't even show you right now. It's nothing. You could essentially die. So if you're not paying attention, if you're not, you know, and there were so many times I'm telling you, it's by the grace of God that I'm not dead, honestly, because I remember like how many bars did you go to in restaurants? I mean, in bathrooms that were so dark, right? Trying to like take an insulin shot and figure out the dosing when it's so dark. Yeah. Right. It's, it's, it's crazy. And these are things like thinking back now, I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe I used to do that stuff. Like, tell me now I want to need all the lights open. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So it's uh, yeah, but it's like, it's those little things that you constantly need to be doing and checking and double checking to make sure that you're going to essentially, you know, wake up tomorrow morning, you're going to be okay. So yeah, it's constant. Mm-hmm. But it's good. <laughs> I feel like I'm just being a downer. No, I don't think you are though. I think it's, it's, no. but I think it's something that, like, I just think back to when we started spending more time together. And I don't remember like when I learned that or how I learned that you were diabetic. Yeah. But I, I remember distinctly certain times us hanging out and you may be like alluding to like needing something or checking something, but it was very like, very like on the DL and like, just kind of like yeah. looking and right. not, like it wasn't a thing where I feel like in the last few years, you'll be like, I need like to eat. And I'm like, I got, I got candy. Do you need, like, what can I give you? You know, like just in, in a just much more kind of transparent way. Yeah. So I guess obviously it was really ingrained in you, this feeling of like, whether it's shame or needing to hide it or just not feeling comfortable being open about it. When did that change for you? So the first time that I actually did a public post about it was two years ago when me and my family traveled to Greece for the summer. And my kids knew I had diabetes, right? They see my insulin pump. But again, it's not so out there, right? Like I didn't always talk about it. I didn't, you know, they knew, okay, this mommy's medicine, but what does that mean? I never used to share that stuff, right? So we were in Greece and, you know, we were at the beach and I used to clip it on my bathing suit and take it off when I would go in the water. But then if I had to get up from the chair to go to the bathroom or to go to the bar or whatever, I would take it off and hide the pump. I never walked around with it. And then that summer when we were with the kids 
who has time to do that, right? Like you're running around with the kids. It's just always there, was always showing. And I remember thinking at one point, I got to take it off. And then something clicked and I was with my daughter and I looked at her and I thought to myself, wait a minute, like what happens? You know, God forbid she is diagnosed with this or one of my boys, what am I showing them? Right? Like I'm showing them that this is something to be embarrassed about, that they need to hide it. And I, I remember like, I'm getting goosebumps now. Like I don't ever want them to feel like they need to hide something about themselves. Right? So I thought like, what a disservice, like, what kind of a mother am I, if I'm that hypocrite, right? So I remember, Harry had taken a picture of us and I was holding Lucas and my showing on my bathing suit. And I thought, Oh, I'm gonna post this, like, let's do it, right? Let's talk about it. So I did this post. And I got such great feedback, which made me feel good. And I remember my boxing coach at the time, who I was boxing with him years before I had my daughter. And he was like, what? You're diabetic? And I'm like, oh my God. Like, this is one I spent so much time with. I was exercising, so I could definitely have a low blood sugar, which I've had so many times. Something could happen. I could faint and he had no clue, right? So that was, I think. Like if anybody should know, he would be a person to to (laughs) Right. And I realized then how stupid I've been. So that was kind of the turning point where, you know, seeing my kids and then realizing that people, you know, I think everybody knows, but people don't know because I don't share. Right. So that's kind of, yeah, I've just been, you know, slowly getting more vocal about it because I see now how important awareness is. So I started posting more about it and I had all these moms start reaching out to me. And I had mom who we went to elementary school together, we lost touch. And she reached out to me and she said, Oh, my God, you know, my son was recently diagnosed with diabetes. And I just wanted to tell you that it's because of you that I was able to catch the symptoms because of, you know, one of the posts. So it was that was like, okay, now I just I can't stop sharing. I just got to share. everything. (laughs) Like, I want you to know everything. Yeah. But if you can help one person, right? You Yeah, like- it was I, I just I have no like I'm at a loss for words when I think about her and her son and her saying that, you know, the doctor said I saved his life because I recognized the signs. Mm-hmm. Right? It's crazy. So Well, yeah, yeah I mean yeah. It, it's I mean that has to feel amazing, but it, it you probably bring a lot of comfort too to parents of kids that are being Absolutely. Diagnosed, you know, to see you having kids and living a very active and and healthy and normal life yeah because that's all we want for our kids right a hundred percent and that is the one thing that you know when when a mom reaches out it's always been moms um (laughs) I say like you know as as long as you're taking care of the diagnosis. Oh, I'm beeping now my blood sugar. Um, (laughs) As long as you know, you take it seriously, right? And you manage, you know, with your team the way you should, your child will grow up with a normal life, like it's this will not hold them back, they will have the life that they want, they can do anything. 
you know, and that was my, one of my biggest things growing up was, will I be able to have kids? I would, I didn't know, right. Would my kids have this? Would I be able to have kids? I had heard all this stuff about, you can only have two kids and you can only have two C-sections and all this kind of stuff. So I had no clue. So now it's like, yes, you can have whatever you want and nothing will hold you back as long as you're on top of it. Right. Don't try to hide it and pretend it'll go away because it won't go away. Um, but if you you manage properly, you can live the life that you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to hear, you know, you talking about where you were and then now coming from a place of acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, right. Like it's it's huge. I, I look back like, you know, preparing for this podcast and look thinking back to growing up and you know all the crazy stuff and not ever sharing and I'm like wow you know I've come a long way <laughs> yeah yeah give yourself a pat on that well and, you know, <laughs> we all know that I'm like the media geek but I think and like books and stories and stuff but I think back to like I think my first anything I ever knew about diabetes was from the babysitter's club book. Ah, I was like, say it, say it. She's going to say it. She's going to say babysitter's club. She well, is. And even, and and even but then the next one, I don't know. Are you going to know what the next one is? Steel Magnolias. Ah, good one. Yeah. I don't know. I didn't see that. You didn't see, oh, well, Julia Roberts was diabetic and. Okay. I'm going to watch it now. wasn't allowed to have kids. It was, it, that was not a positive, um, outcome she wasn't yeah. allowed to have kids because of her diabetes she wasn't supposed to I don't know like what oh yeah see was. these are the, the things that you well yeah so that's what I mean this this yeah. is not in line with like what you're saying but that's so, but right. that's what I knew of it yeah. right. um but what really made me think of the babysitters club though initially is because they just did that remake of the show yeah. mm-hmm. and Stacy and that part was still in there where she was really like ashamed and hiding. I, I yes, I mm-hmm. watched. I watched children's television. I watched, <laughs> that watched too, it. the remake. Yeah, um, I watched. Yeah, you the... have a daughter to watch it with, though. I do not. Um, Did you co- relate to that character? A hundred percent. I was like, I was watching it with the kids, and I'm like, that's how mommy was. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's hard. It's hard as a child, and you know, I'm. I think now it's better because there, you know, social media, and there's so much community. And there's so many people like, since I started sharing on Instagram, the amount of people that have reached out is crazy. So, you know, now you can find community, because that's a huge thing for me is, you need people behind you, you need a community, Mm -hmm. you need to be able to reach out to someone who is dealing with the same thing as you are. So I feel like it's better now kids. (sighs) a little bit easier I want to say like it's still very tough to be diagnosed Mm -hmm. but knowing that there's other kids your age in essentially your neighborhood you could definitely find them now right so yeah yeah and like the technology has changed too from when you were a kid that oh yeah can help make managing it a little bit easier yeah and but I guarantee you there are kids out there who want to hide it because of course as kids we just want to fit in I think even as adults a lot of us just just want to fit in in, right we don't want to stand out we don't want to be different and we hide pieces of ourselves in order to do that and as you said like it's really to your own detriment 
yeah. when you do that. For right? sure. In in yeah. this case, it's sure. specifically think- detrimental potentially to your health. But I think in in whatever yeah. we're hiding has the potential to be detrimental. Yeah. And I think that, you know, when I when I share about diabetes, you know, anyone recently diagnosed, I I always want to say like I'm beeping all over the place, guys. That's okay, okay, this is complete ignorance on my part. What does it mean when you beep? So this is my insulin pump. So right now it's telling me that my blood sugar is trending a little bit high. Okay. So, and what's good about this, this is actually brand new. I just started this about a week ago. And this will adjust the insulin on its own, like closer to a real pancreas. So it's just telling me that you're trending a little bit high and I'm giving you some insulin. So, yeah. But sorry for the beep thing. That's okay. (laughs) No, I mean, this is... And this is real life and this is what it is, right? Right. I think, um, yeah. I forgot what I was saying. Me too. You had shared something not too long ago that like about your kids and their response sort of when they hear it beep that I thought was moving, I guess. I'm wondering if you would share it with our listeners. Oh, was was it the one where I went shopping with the boys? Yes. Right. Oh my gosh. So, you know, we don't give kids enough credit, I think. At least I didn't. Um because they're so smart. They know way more than we think they do. They do. Um so I had a boys mommy and boys day. I have three kids, so two boys and a girl. So they were very the excited shopping. about this. Yeah. <laughs> I remember it's that very day. hard to like break it up right and time yeah. out of the house with yeah. just one or the other so when Ontario was open we went um, shopping me and the boys and we're in the gap and they're just picking you know all the stuff that they want I'm holding bags I'm holding clothes and I'm sweating and that's one of the the symptoms of a low blood sugar. You start to sweat, and then my um, my alarm starts beeping. So my blood sugar was low. I wear um, it's called a CGM, a continuous glucose monitor. So it'll alarm when your blood sugar is trending low or when it's going high. So I remember it started beeping, and then Rio was my oldest. He's like, "Are you okay?" And I said, "Oh, mommy's low." So he said, okay. And he grabbed all the stuff from my hands and he grabbed his little brother. And then I pulled out a bag of candy in my bag that I have with me all the time. And yeah, I just sat there and was eating candy until my blood sugar came back up. And I remember looking at them and thinking, wow, like he just knew, like he knew mommy just needed her hands free. She needs to calm down. She needs to get her blood sugar back and I need to take care of my brother And my little guy didn't bat an eye when I pulled out a bag of uh, gummy bears, you know, never attacked. (laughs) He's always begging. But at that moment, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it's because we were out. I don't know what it was, but they were just, they knew like mommy needed time. And they just sat there until my blood sugar went back up and we could leave. And it was amazing. And then I thought to myself, like, I need to share more like they they know what to do in an emergency right they mm-hmm. like we need to be telling our kids you well, know the they, good and, and the bad well and they they that's a perfect moment where they needed to know like it thank god rio knew right. enough to at least like get his brother like there and like you know help how he could yeah 
because I thought after like, if he didn't know, and I'm supposed to chase Lucas, because Lucas is not the easiest little guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to chase him with a low blood sugar. You know, if I faint, what happens? Lower. What happens yeah. to these kids, right? Yeah. Like, it was just crazy. And then, you know, I have to sit there and wait. I can't even get in the car and drive away, right? So I have to get that blood sugar up. So the fact that they were calm and they just let me be mm-hmm. was, yeah. Cool. And like the older one just kind of swooped in and took care of the younger one. Yeah. And like, you know, even your oldest is still pretty young himself, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. He's only 10. So yeah, yeah. we're not talking about <laughs> so teenagers, I was shocked. Right? Yeah. No. <laughs> um, what like does stress affect your blood sugar? Cause like yeah, that has to be a stressful right. time too. So can that yeah. drive it low as well? Well, so stress, yeah, stress affects it. Now, do I think s- stress caused the low? No. No, no, I'm more I'm asking because like that was a potentially stressful, like it was low, you had all this stuff, you had the kids in the store and it's yeah. like that in, that in and of itself, depending, could have been a right. stressful Yeah, situation. like if they were not, if they didn't, you know, stop and do all the things that you write, exactly. then yeah, the stress of trying to, you know, catch them and not lose a child would have definitely made me <laughs> more. <laughs> yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. That's more what I was th- like, I just am envisioning being in that kind of a situation with my children. <laughs> and I really don't think that things would have worked out that way. No, so, you know what, though? Because be you know my you kids, be you no, know my kids, sure. right? So yep. they're not like that. <laughs> I feel like they just knew what to do in an emergency. Right. And I, and you know, we don't give these kids enough credit. Like when, you know, when it matters, when something is really wrong, I feel like they know what to do. Yeah. Yeah. But because you've, you've been open with them about it. Right. right? And not just. Yeah. Hiding it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely sharing with them more. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so I know, you know, you, you, you connect with parents a lot on social through sharing your experiences. So what, I guess here is another opportunity to maybe, what would you say to a parent whose child is diagnosed? Newly diagnosed. Okay, so. Because they're gonna be They will be okay. They're gonna be They will be okay. Um, The fear, like, you know, I'm not a parent of a type one diabetic child. You know, I only know from my side, from being the diabetic, but they will be okay. They will have a life, you know, it, you got to give yourself grace, you know, give yourself a good year, you know, to get on top of everything. And it's a learning curve for sure, but you will be okay. The kids will be okay. Um, And like I said before, as long as, you take the diagnosis seriously and the kids take it seriously and manage like you should, they can have any life that they want. There's nothing to limit them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have another so. question too, actually. Mm-hmm. Just, what if you as an adult were to have a friend who maybe, you know, has it, but maybe they don't share very much about it. Um, how, like, how could you, better support them or well, make them feel safe in, you know, being, being more open about it as needed, not to like sit there and be like, so my blood sugar, you know, but like just to be comfortable yeah. enough to, you know, check their monitor if they have to give themselves an, like to just be them fully. 
So I would, okay, it's, that's a tough one because if you asked me this a few years ago when I didn't like sharing and when I didn't want people bringing any attention, asking me anything, Mm -hmm. I would have had a different answer, (laughs) but no one's going to share until they're ready. 100%. Um, But I would just say, do some research, learn a little bit about what, you know, what that diagnosis is. Because my biggest thing that I hate the most in the world is when people look at me and say, you're diabetic, you can't eat that. I'm like, I can eat anything I want, (laughs) right? And, um, And that's just, they don't know, right? So just do some research and find out a little bit more about it. So then when they do start kind of sharing or when they want to eat that cookie you're not judging them and then they feel a little bit more open to share with you yeah yeah (laughs) but one more thing I forgot to say for parents that I always I think this is huge too but find the community find your people find people who your kid can connect with right because probably like finding those people for your your children yeah and now it's you know so good because it's just you know google you know instagram search and you'll find so many so that's yeah because your kids need other kids like them yeah absolutely yeah it's i think it's it's almost becoming a theme through some of these interviews is like the find your people Mm -hmm. find your people your people are important yeah build that community find your people and if the people around you aren't your people gotta get new people new people (laughs) new the people are important yes (laughs) and I feel like you know we're over the talking about the COVID of it all but I feel like there's an element of of it that almost opened up the world more through finding community online and things like Mm -hmm. that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Um, Well, thank you so much for coming, Eugenia, and talking with us. Yeah. And, and are you good? Is that what that one means? Oh, did you hear it? (laughs) Yeah. I thought it was so, see, let me see. Yep. (laughs) Is that telling you? Because it sounded different. (laughs) Yeah, this one is just telling me you're still you're still trending high. So what do you want to do? So I'm just going to give myself some extra. That's it. <laughs> That's awesome. Thank you it's so, so much. Funny. Thank you. No, it's Thank kind of like really me. perfect that it was. I know, right? It was like it was too good. I just <laughs> you planned it. Um, <laughs> tell, us, an tell us where um, people can reach out to you if they have any questions or comments. Where can they find you? Um, you know what? I recently changed my Instagram handle and I, <laughs> okay. So it's a dot beautiful dot T one D dot life, a beautiful yes. type one diabetic life. And Instagram. it, and it will, we'll have it in the show notes as well. Thank um, you. Absolutely. Thank you so much, ladies. This was so fun. Um, <laughs> I love sharing with you both and thank you for listening and having me on. We loved having you. Thanks for listening to Now What? If you've enjoyed this episode, leave us a review. Your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with someone you think would love it. And make sure to find us on Instagram at nowwhat underscore podcast. Until next time, we're Tisha and Jen. Remember, your hard times are the chance to write another chapter.